Okay, I guess we have to queue up Amazon Prime. CEO Entrepreneur, born in 1964. No, no, no. We are not doing Bo Burnham's Jeff Bezos' song. No. But, no. But we're. Cinderella. Cinderella. But it's a musical. Cinderella. It's a musical. We're doing Cinderella. Jeffrey. I'll let you sing later. Jeffrey no, Bezos. No. 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 CEO Entrepreneur. Uh, welcome to Banquet at the Flum Dumpster. How drab, how dull critique can be. It's begging and pleading for apathy. The good, the bad, the in-between. And nothing is everyone's cup of tea. No time to waste, there's things to do. But Jared and Eric are happy too. They'll suffer the worst of films for you. So enter the strangest of banquet rooms. Hello, everyone. Hello. And welcome. And welcome. We are going to be watching a new movie today. A new movie. Pretty, I think pretty recent. Yeah. Pretty pretty recent. Pretty recent. Like last couple of weeks recent. I think we're yeah. even going to bump this back into our release schedule mm-hmm. so that we're dropping this episode while this movie is still relevant. And I think oh, that's wait. the first yeah. time that we've been able to do that. Yeah. Other than, like, you know, Cool Cat Fight Coronavirus will always be relevant. Oh, of course. Of course. Always. Uh, but you're talking um, about an episode that hasn't released yet. Perhaps. Perhaps. We Maybe. Don't know. We don't know. Um, we don't know what order we're releasing these episodes in. <laughs> we're great at organizing. Um, uh, but anyways, <laughs> we're watching the 2021 Cinderella. As opposed to a, the, a different Cinderella? There have been many... Have you not seen a Cinderella movie before? I have. I was just hoping that this would be a funny segment where we name off all the different uh, adaptations of Cinderella that exist, and then I realize that I don't remember any of them. I mean, there's Cinderella, and then there's Cinderella 2, and then there's Cinderella 3 that's called, like, A Wrinkle in Time or something, (laughs) where she, like, there's, like, the glass slipper... Um, ends up fitting one of her stepsisters what? and she doesn't marry Prince Charming. It's like this, like, this witch, like, curses her or something. I don't remember how it goes, but I remember hearing the plot and thinking, what? I've what? Only, I've only seen the first Disney animated Cinderella. I haven't seen any of the sequels. I didn't know that we get into time paradoxes. There are time paradoxes, I'm pretty sure. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's what we do next. Um, (laughs) uh, do you think that after we watch this movie, we'll get to time travel into a universe where we never watched this movie? Uh, I don't know. Well, I I don't know if we'll want that. That is true. It seems, I, I see a lot of people talking about this movie in a way that, uh, makes me go a this needs to be an episode of this podcast but also b i can't tell if this movie is actually bad yeah i know it's exciting because like i when i heard about it i was like "Eh." Mm -hmm. i i like the cast Mm -hmm. you know i'm like i i like billy porter a lot Mm -hmm. um big fan of the wickedly talented adele dazim Uh, I don't know much about Camila Cabello. Um, I, uh, like the idea of James Corden, um, in another animal role (laughs) after Cats. I think that, 
that's a big selling point. I hope to that me. from this point on, his film roles are only ever animals. Well, yeah, like if you think about it, he did cats, then he did Peter Rabbit two. Now he's doing this. Oh. He's on a streak. I look forward to him playing Donkey in the live action Shrek. Please tell me that's a real thing. I please tell me. No, I'm sorry. I make that up. I'm very sorry. I did make that up. That is a joke. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm you sorry. You know how I am about Shrek. I'm sorry. I do, and I. I I overstepped. I went too far. I crossed a boundary, and um, I'm not going to apologize. I say after apologizing like seven times. Yeah. Um, um, I I will say that you know there are elements of Shrek that do tie into Cinderella. Thank you for bringing us back on topic. Yeah. Uh, fairy godmother in that is mm-hmm. a very different imagining of the fairy godmother in Cinderella. Yeah. yeah. A bit of a fractured fairy tale. This one, I think, I've heard is is also a reimagining. I feel like Billy Porter is an unconventional casting choice that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, like, genuinely an interesting idea that I can't see how it could go wrong. <laughs> well, I haven't... I've been trying to avoid as much information about this movie as I can because mm-hmm. I, like, I... I see enough about a movie to know that there needs to be a podcast episode about it, mm-hmm. and then I stop looking. Yeah, I, I watched, like, because James Corden, of course, produced this movie. Um, and so on his show, uh, he did, like, a couple of segments with the stars, uh-huh. which I, of course, watched as preparation. Wait, wait, this. wait. Is that, is, is that where the viral video of James Corden dressed as a mouse air humping next to a car came from? Well, I haven't seen that viral video, but I assume that he didn't do that twice, so yes. Because <laughs> I, I saw this on the internet, and, like on, on like Twitter, and like people seemed totally disturbed by it, and it sounds like nobody wants anything to do with James Corden ever again now, just, just well, from this one viral video. Uh, it's, it's astounding that this came from one viral video and not, you know, cats. <laughs> it's like I, I I can't believe he's done something more controversial than cats. Uh, um, cats cats is like the thing itself is is like everybody who worked on cats is a victim of cats. <laughs> um uh, Hump, air humping a, a random citizen just trying to go about their day in the middle of a, of New York. That's like... Los Angeles. Los Angeles? Los Angeles. Okay. That's when you're the problem. But, but I like, just want to emphasize, in up, Los Angeles, they, you, you walk outside James Corden's studio in Los Angeles, expect him to just be there and just doing something insane. That I'm just, sounds that's a warning terrifying. to the people of Los Angeles. He is... <laughs> This James Corden, he is a terror, um, and he must be stopped. Um, though I will say, just as a complete tangent, um, I don't know if if our our viewers are familiar with the best segment in late night television, Celebrity Noses. I think you might need to summarize this for our viewers because I have a feeling that people who listen, like the Venn diagram of people who listen to podcasts about bad movies and people who watch late night TV uh, are 
two almost entirely separate circles. Well, I don't know, but it, 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 all I know is if you don't watch late night television, mm-hmm. there's one segment that you should watch all of. There's like a whole series, they're all on YouTube, called Celebrity Noses, where every time it's just James Corden trying to execute the segment called Celebrity Noses. And in every single one, something goes awry. And it's better if you don't look at the titles because they spoil what goes awry. And it's so much better if you don't know. Um, but I just, I, I just want to put that out there into the universe. Celebrity Noses, best, best late night sketch. When we release this episode, we should tweet alongside of it a, a link to a playlist of Celebrity Noses. Oh, yeah, and tag James Corden. it's gotta know um but yeah i don't know if we have anything more to say about this i think we should watch it i i think we should too i think that this is the like i don't i know next to nothing about this movie it's on amazon right yeah yeah amazon original amazon original um yeah yeah let's let's do it Okay. Bye-bye. For now. Remain on the edge of your seat in a moment. Your hosts will return with the fruits of their suffering. Every last thought that is currently buffering too. The time has arrived. Their opinions will now debut. I uh I wanted to see how long you would go. <laughs> um I was just like if I don't say anything, will he stop? And um, I did. I did. am that capable of self control. Yeah, I uh, Thank you. Thank you. Um, True. Uh, we just watched a movie. Um, we did just watch uh, a movie. We just watched. Uh, we just watched Cinderella, which. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm gonna just start off right off the bat. Okay. Um, talking about uh, how little Billy Porter was in this movie. Yeah. Because like just 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 right out of the gates. This movie would have been so much better with more Billy Porter. I I agree. Like, did they only have him for a day? I guess so. Like, not only is he just great, period, definitely the best performance in this movie. Oh, yeah. He really stole the scene. uh, And I was fully expecting him to return for the the big final number. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah. Um, Why... This is the whole cast. Yeah. He's... Yeah. This, you can have him... Do. He was just a disembodied voice at the very end, and I was disembo- I just... uh, disappointed. Um, it does make me want to finally watch the third season of Pose, mm-hmm. um, which I've been looking forward to for a long time, but... Yeah. Uh, um, but... 
I guess we should give some context about what this movie is before we start actually analyzing it, right? Yeah, I guess so. I think I think we have to like sufficiently drag this movie for a little bit. But it's just okay. So first of all, just just as setting it up, what we watched was a reimagining uh-huh. of the Cinderella story um, with with some twists, mm-hmm. um, some that I felt worked. Yeah, we can get onto those li- maybe after. Yeah, um, and some that definitely did it. Yeah. Why don't we start with the ones that did? I think that's we should more. start with the one that's did, the yeah, yes. We should yes. Because that's what we do here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Billy Porter, not enough right off the bat, but yeah. I would put him in the category of things that worked. Yeah. As the fairy godmother, it worked. Uh, it was fabulous good. godmother. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about. Uh, the Taskmaster contestants. <laughs> what were there, like, four? There were four... The, the casting director of this movie had seen Taskmaster. Yes. Like, that's that's very clear. Yeah. Because, like, you, you, for people who aren't familiar with the show Taskmaster, it's this British panel game show where, like, a bunch of comedians just compete doing a variety of tasks, um, and they win points, and at the end of it, they get a little trophy. Yeah. Um... It's meaningless, it's fun. Um, it's the kind of wholesome entertainment that we need in this cruel, cruel world. I highly recommend it's Taskmaster. It's very good. If I was a casting director, in fairness, I would just mine Taskmaster for everyone oh, who yes. had ever been on that show. Um, yeah. So I fully understand wanting to put as many Taskmaster contestants in this movie as is physically possible. Yeah, but pairing two of the strongest with James Corden, <laughs> who produced this movie, and then saying, no, no, you guys need to all banter. Like, pretend that you're humans who just... Okay, let's, let's give a little bit of context. So James Corden and yeah. James A. Castor and Ramesh, I forget his last name. Ranganathan. Yes. Uh, they all play the three mice. Yes. Uh, and they get turned into humans... Like in the original story, yeah. And we just keep cutting back to them bantering. And imagine imagine you're like a small comedian, relatively Mm -hmm. small, large enough to be on Taskmaster, but not really too much larger beyond that. You get cast in this relatively high-budget movie uh, with somebody else who was also on that weird game show that you were on a couple years ago. Uh, And you and this one other small comedian is placed in, like, a team of three expected to banter with the producer of the entire movie. Yeah. Like... Who, uh, like, is arguably a much more of a household name. Like, love him uh or hate him, people know who he is. People know who he is. Uh, When he, you know, air humps next to your car, you know who's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I I felt like the the most interesting thing about that whole side thing that really took up way too much of the movie. Like there was they kept cutting to that because I could tell that James Corden was in the editing room going, <laughs> No 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 no. You missed you missed my funny line. You missed my funny line. 
You missed my funny line where I talk about as a mouse, I have never peed from my front tail before. Yes. Um, and the part where he... So the other two just, like, bloop, right back into mice. Mm -hmm. James Corden hovers in the air with just his head on the mouse body in what has to be the most disturbing creative choice since Cass. <laughs> um, I have to, I have to confess, because of the, because we're uh, watching this over distance, the screen that I was on through Zoom, it was darker than yours, I think. Uh, I did not see that moment. You need to go back. Do I? You need to, you need to go and experience that moment because it's like it, it it's nightmare fuel. Um, I'll I'll maybe do it not before going to bed. Okay, maybe. Um, other things that didn't work: uh, the prince. Period. <laughs> uh, How? The prince was. At what point in the movie were we meant to start caring about him? Um, my question. Well, I I think, I think the prince was one of the few aspects of this film, uh, that was the victim of, like, studio overwriting. Mm. I I think that like, and I'll I'll get to um, I'll get to like, uh, committing to the bit a little bit later. But I think that, an I get the sense that an earlier draft of this script had the prince as a much more explicitly unlikable character. And I think that that was changed either in script editing or in post-production to make him more of a conventional love interest. Yeah, and by conventional love interest, you mean the blandest yeah. prince you can um, possibly imagine. But he's, like, he's introduced in his first scene. Like, he reads very explicitly yeah. as a fuckboy. Yeah. And that's yeah, a you're really... you to hate it. Yeah. And that's a really interesting choice. I was I, digging that choice. I was so interested in the version of this movie where she just doesn't... Yeah. She just says no to the prince, and they don't have that, like, oh, no, I can travel with you, too. No. Mm -hmm. She's just, like, no, you're, you're basic. Yeah just by uh that's that's the kind of like revisionist fairy tale movie that i want to see and that's definitely yeah. what this movie thought of itself is like a yes. revisionist fairy tale story um yeah they also like you know speak like i i put that yeah basic in because that's something she might have actually said because i'm pretty <laughs> sure somebody just like the studio whoever made this said, we want Cinderella, but, like, make her speak like she's Harley Quinn. <laughs> like, just, like, that, that kind of brash personality that is just like, oh, I'm just going to say whatever the hell I want. Just, mm -hmm. like, PG, obviously. Yeah. Um, but just that, that was what I think the instruction, at least. Though it was a to... little bit inconsistent, because oh, like it would it would flip on and off. Sometimes she would be very quippy, very sassy, and other times she was just Cinderella. Yeah, um, 
And I think that there was a lot of issues with, like, how they drew up just about every character. Like, characters would just flip. Mm -hmm. Like, Adina Menzel's character had, like, three different times (laughs) where you had to think, like, oh, okay, she's she's turning over a new leaf. Then nope. Then flip, then flop, then flip, Mm -hmm. then flop. And it's just, like... Okay, you can revise a fairy tale where the, the, the evil stepmother is a little less evil mm-hmm. if you commit mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. You didn't. <laughs> and I don't understand. Like, there, and then there were, like, all the other... Any other, su- like, supporting actor who you don't know the name of, not fleshed out at all. Just would would, like hint at there have been more character development. Like, the one random squire or whatever, who was accompanying the prince and had the whole speech about, like, I want to find love too. (laughs) And then the other squire looks at him longingly and is like, oh, you're looking for love? And you're like, okay, they're gonna get together. That's gotta be what this is leading towards. And you know what it ended up leading towards? Nothing at all. Just nothing. They just moved along like that seed didn't even matter because it didn't. They were, they... On on the flip side, though, there were a number of scenes dedicated to characters that had whole entire arcs that didn't matter. Yes. Like in the final third of the film, the king and the queen have an entire like they have an entire thing about how the king isn't romantic enough anymore and it like this movie is two hours long yeah i don't know why this movie is two hours long especially considering like scenes like that feel like they're there to pad the runtime yeah um yeah yeah we also introduced the the king or the pr- prince's sister yes um, which i'll i'll put on the middle of occasionally worked then occasionally was just like what are you thinking <laughs> with this character <laughs> like what are you thinking cuz the 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 setup is basically she's a much like much smarter than the prince mm-hmm. much more competent much more much more competent, much more capable of ruling the kingdom, um, mm-hmm. and is therefore like, oh, I'm going to like be, you know, giving ideas to the king, and I want to have a seat at the table, and you know, like, just just vague, vaguely like, this is clearly what's what's going to lead mm-hmm. to the end of her being the queen. Yeah. Um, and like, I guess this leads into the whole the movie's whole grappling with feminism. Which, I, I, I understand that this is probably targeted towards, like, teenage girls. Or and I was thinking younger than that. Like, teenage and young girls with, like, liberal parents who uh, want, like, a, like a, a revisionist take on a classic fairy tale with... Uh, progressive-seeming politics at its center. Yes. And, like, on a very basic level, sure. 
if this was a young girl, this this take, fine. Um, watching as an adult, with just like, a modicum, of sense, they they were just all over the place. <laughs> just like, the, her character, I think, like the the, uh, what was her name? Gwen. Gwen, Princess Gwen. Princess Gwen, um, was basically like a feminist as long as it was just like, no, I want this woman to be in charge. Mm. Like, me in like particular. And it was like, as soon as it was like, oh, so I can be king, right? And they were like, no, unfortunately, you only got to be queen. And she was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I was like, what is the point well, of this banter? Other than just to, to like, I don't know. The, the politics of this film are really interesting to me. It varies. Um, because it, it positions, um, like, it positions itself within this kind of flawed, outdated social structure of feudalism. And yeah. it presents that as, like, just on the edge of change, just on the edge of that revolution that they sing about at the beginning of the movie um and 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 the the princess gwen is kind of presented as part of that she's uh you know pitching big ideas like getting energy from windmills or uh not buying more catapults because it just helps the catapult industry um which i don't see what the problem is but okay yeah uh, I, I think it may have been a, a, an analogy for, like, military spending in the States. Um, I guess. But it, like, it... The, the politics of the film kind of present, uh, f- like, this edge of revolution, uh, of feudalism, as leading into the the capitalist future that we all you know know and love um yes and you know that that come that like takes the form of uh cinderella wanting to put aside the i don't know uh happily ever after. happily ever after for her own you know running a business a dressmaking business um yes or the or princess gwen uh I don't know what wanting a literal seat at the table. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it presents these, these, you know, liberal feminist gender politics as almost a way of disguising a kind of like, isn't, isn't the current state of the world so much better than this? Like at, mm. at least, uh, you know, under this, late capitalist hellscape that we're all living in that produces movies like this um, (laughs) on Amazon Prime. Uh, You know, at least... At least uh, women get a seat at the table. At least women can start their own business. Um, Stuff like that. Yeah. I also... It's just the, the whole notion that it was like... So so her her big dream was I'm going to be famous basically famous for m- designing and making dresses yes yeah 
And so, like, there's this very clear choice where she's like, oh, I have to choose between this career or, you know, being famous as the queen. <laughs> like, I just think that that song could have used a little more, like, the, 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 the million to one thing of Cinderella is, yes, I am the one that the prince chose, mm-hmm. basically. Um, not, wow, somebody noticed my dresses and I will therefore get to just work for this person as one of her wardrobe people. <laughs> and that, I guess, doesn't make as compelling as a musical number in that musical number that was clearly meant to be the let it go of this movie. Yeah. Um, or the how far I'll go or any of the mm-hmm. Go songs in a Disney movie. Um, the Go the Distance. I was just like, there has to be another one. Um, but that's the thing that I found just really interesting was like the, the, the continuity of what they were trying to do with this movie. Mm-hmm. It, ba- it, like, it baffles me. It's baffling. Because it's like, I get what they're doing in, in a very basic sense. They're saying, oh, no, look, she picked the career and she gets the guy. It's great. Mm-hmm. Happily ever after in every way. Um, but, but what is that meant? If, if you're looking at it as like the, this is meant to be for a parent of like a young girl who wants to give, give them some kind of moral lesson, what is that lesson? I think the lesson it's like i i think that it's it's more about appearing on the surface to have a moral lesson more than it is about um having something see i don't want to say that it doesn't have something cohesive that it wants to say because i think that if you read this film as uh you know, capitalism absorbing its own critiques into the way that it operates. Uh, This film is presenting a world uh, or an alternative world or an alternative way of looking at the world where, um, you know, where where women are uh, assumed to have a seat at the table. And the Mm. idea that they might not is uh presented as a joke as uh yeah. as a like a uh that was back then that was in the olden times mm-hmm. um this film presents the image of uh uh of a political landscape of a world where uh billy porter can play the fabulous godmother um and and so it 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 kind of absorbs uh it it absorbs gender politics into a framework where they support our capitalist overlords over at Amazon.com mm-hmm. um, rather than offering a, a critique of them. Yeah, it definitely... I also felt like when you're saying that, like, yeah, it's it's doing all of that there's a certain point where, yeah, it's using it in this framework of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Like, they're using this story. But at what point does having to stick 
in some way to this source material hold it back because I felt like that was a big thing with this movie was that the like when you think about like oh she probably shouldn't have ended up with the prince Mm -hmm. oh the stepmother I think there was a point where she was meant to become you know more sympathetic oh this the king isn't meant to be singing out the window at his wife what is this plot line there 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 are moments where it's like they're pushing back against they're like they're pushing right up to the edge Mm -hmm. but this movie would have been so much better if they just said like screw it we are not we are not telling the cinderella story you you know Mm -hmm. we're doing a completely other thing we're shrekking it (laughs) you know like (laughs) i'm sorry i didn't realize shrek was a verb now i I think in this context i i think you're Um, right um, I know exactly what you mean. Shrek, Shrek just takes takes the fairy tale thing that you know yeah. of like this isn't based on a specific fairy tale per se, mm-hmm. but it's like a fractured fairy tale into the woods style. We are going to like mash in like contemporary songs. We're gonna put in you know like contemporary comedy, contemporary have... pop culture references. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was what this movie's going for. It just felt like it was shackled by this, like, framework of, no, people still want the Cinderella story when they come and click on Cinderella. Mm. I, and again, I wonder if that's studio interference. Because I feel like, I feel like this film has stuff that it wants to say about Cinderella. Like, I found this, way more refreshing than any of the live-action Disney remakes that I've seen. Because it felt like it had something new that it wanted to say with that source material, even if that something was something that I disagreed with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, that that made it... I will give it credit for being better than Pan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, I, I, I do want to give this film credit for, like, having a thing that it wants to say. You know working in conversation, existing in conversation with its source material rather than uh, presenting its source material as a source of nostalgia. Um, And, like, as much as... As much as we're criticizing the film for not committing to some of its choices, there are also a lot of other choices that I feel like are strong aesthetic ideas and stylistic ideas that it makes and it commits to 110%. And I, you know, in living in this world where I keep watching movies like this, uh, read as, you know, like these, these Frankensteinian creations of different creative impulses all trying to exist at the same time, watching a movie that feels cohesive in the choices that it's making and making those strong choices, even if those choices themselves are late capitalist neoliberal cringe. <laughs> um, I, I like, I, I enjoy watching that. I want to see more oh, of that. Um, yeah, I get, I'll, I'll fully go on record saying that this, this movie was bold in some regards. Mm-hmm. And I'm, my main critique is that it didn't go all the way with them. Yeah. Like, look, Billy Porter 
coming in, like, for that one scene, bold choice. Very bold Just choice. Everything about that was bold. Bolder would have been having him show up throughout the ball and just being that like oh no nobody can see me i'm just with you <laughs> like that, that would have been, been fantastic that would have been incredible just just like no girl like this guy sucks like <laughs> this guy just fully sucks like if he just was like sassy sidekick because that that was basically like you set it up as like you're revising this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just put him in every scene. But like, in that in that one scene where Billy Porter was in the movie for about ten minutes, Cinderella twenty twenty one became the Billy Porter show for those yeah. ten minutes. And like I fully see committed. A version of Cinderella now, where Billy Porter plays Cinderella. I mean, should do we not want to see a version of everything where Billy Porter just plays everyone? I mean, I don't want that for Billy Porter because that's like exhausting. <laughs> but for myself, yes. Um, I want to um, see a version of Mad Max Fury Road where Billy Porter plays every single character. I don't know why that was the first movie that I thought of. <laughs> I want to see Shrek. <laughs> I want to. I want to see Billy Porter Shrek up Shrek. Yeah. Or or it, like, does Billy Porter get Shreked or does Shrek get Billy Portered? Oh, Shrek gets Billy Portered. Okay. That's no, like once you put Billy Porter into something, he brings the Billy Porter. Mm, you don't bring the Shrek to Billy Porter. That's no. true. It's like you yeah. There's there's no way that that works other the other way around. Um this movie being like the clear exhibit A. Um Yeah. Like it became the Billy Porter show. And it didn't become the Adina Menzel show when they're auto-tuning her. Yeah. It's Adina Menzel. Like, Why? She is, she is able to sing. We know oh, this. Oh, yeah. She has built her career on it. Like, give her, give her a chance <laughs> to just sing that song. And this wasn't everyone inside. Like, the, the first song where she did Material Girl, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it had less. Yeah. No, there, um, was, there was just that one scene where she was very audibly auto-tuned, and it was really weird. Yeah. Um, the music overall was fine, I'd say. Oh, it didn't add anything to it. It didn't add me. anything. The choreography was nice. I liked the choreography. It was fun. Uh, one, one exception, though. I say it didn't add anything except... I, I did appreciate Doc Brown's another Taskmaster contestant. Um, random, like, rap, like, trumpet announcement thing. That, I felt like, good creative choice. The town crier like, as, as rap. Yes. Uh, that, was, that was a strong creative choice, and that was really firmly committed to, because he comes back, yeah. like, three or four times. Exactly. And he, he just... He delivers exposition in the form of a bangin' rap. Is that mm. what the kids use to refer to rap? Bangin'? I'm not going to find out. I'm, I'm probably very wrong, and I, I sound really uncool. Um, the, the music was, was mostly, like, um, covers of, like, pop songs, like licensed covers of pop songs. Yeah. Um, 
and and that like that that worked in a in a similar kind of way to Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Uh, but I think that like the the sense that it left both of us with, and I think that this is the note that we can end on. Uh, the sense that that the music left both of us with is that, oddly enough, we kind of miss Glee. Yeah. Yeah. Not in every way. Not in every way. Like, but also... Not in every season either. No. But but I'm, when you see the whole acapella um, choir mm-hmm. that the royals had for some reason, <laughs> just kind of hanging out there... You were like, ah. Oh, I miss Glee. 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 Remember Glee? Glee season one. Glee. Ugh. But like, even that like. One episode of season six. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even, even just like, there is, there is still a part of me that misses that version of Glee where I had like a really messy musical piece of 45 minute nonsense to look forward yeah. to every week. And. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever really get that back. Not in the same way. No. There are, there are other musical TV shows. There's Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, but I think that's, that's, that's a whole other, that's a whole other mess. Uh, <laughs> another TV show that a lot of people really like. Uh, I, I, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, I will stand by as quality ironic viewing. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Cinderella 2021, not really there. No, like, it, it, it doesn't lend itself to ironic viewing. It's, it, it's not like, it's not interesting enough or groundbreaking enough or enjoyable enough for me to say, go out and watch it unironically. No. Uh, but it's and also not like... like bad enough there were enough things that fell flat to make it bad but not enough that didn't work to make it like that bad would you call this bad i wouldn't call this bad call it like eh i'd call it like underwhelming yeah but like i wouldn't i wouldn't call it bad i like it it committed strongly enough to the ideas that it had it had enough interesting ideas even if, you know, not all of those ideas worked. But, like, it it had something to say, and it committed to the bit well enough yeah. that, like, it could have gone further. I would have liked to see it go further. If it went further, I might be able to say that I would actually recommend that literally anybody watch this movie. Um, but, like, it it's fine. This movie was yeah. fine. I, like, I... it There was, like... There was nothing about it that didn't work enough for me to identify it as 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 bad. Yeah. Even though that you know Just we don't give Amazon your money. No, don't buy an Amazon subscription to watch this movie. Um, and if you already have an Amazon subscription, it's probably not worth the two hours of your time. Yeah. I'm sure Glee's on Amazon Prime. You should watch that. (laughs) (laughs) I think Glee's on Disney Plus. Don't give Disney your money either. Maybe it's on Netflix. Netflix, okay. I mean, is Netflix okay? I mean, 
But this is a conversation. For don't don't give any corporation your money. Give us your money when we set up a Patreon. Yes. If that ever um, happens. And give um, the performer, writer, creator of our theme song, Tarquin, your money. Yeah. Um. Uh, give give Tarquin your money by purchasing her albums on iTunes or streaming them on Spotify, Apple, or your music platform of choice. Uh, her latest EP is called A Tyrant's Demise, and you can listen to that. You can also uh, not give Tarquin your money, but you can f- give her a follow on Twitter at Tark Alexandra. That's T A R Q Alexandra. Uh, or you Why can you set that up as an, an or. That's an and. Yes. Give money and of course. a follow. Um, and follow <laughs> us uh-huh. at Flum Dumpster. Yes. Follow you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jared Aronoff. Um, and follow me to the ball with my Taskmaster friends, because I'm going to be the prince. Will you have bats in your belfry? God, I hope not. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But, but they said it like eight times. What is a bat in the belfry? What is a bat in the belfry? Uh, I hope you all vote. I hope you don't have bats in your belfry. If the concept were to exist, that I'm to explain, which it doesn't. In hypothetical terms, every form of art has a bucket, a container to categorize the format and style, the greats and the rotten. The podcast that you've just consumed did the work for you by scraping the bottom. back into it tell us why show us how look at where you came from look at you now zuckerberg and gates and buffett amateurs can fucking suck it fuck their wives drink their blood come on jeff get him that was not necessary